Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the April 22nd episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're looking at numbers 857 to 865 of the Catechism. 4. The Church is Apostolic. 857. The Church is Apostolic because she is founded on the Apostles in three ways. She was and remains built on the foundation of the Apostles. The witness is chosen and sent on mission by Christ himself. With the help of the Spirit dwelling in her, the Church keeps and hands on the teaching, the good deposit, the salutary words she has heard from the Apostles. She continues to be taught, sanctified and guided by the Apostles until Christ's return through their successors in the pastoral office, the College of Bishops assisted by priests in union with the successor of Peter, the Church's supreme pastor. For you, eternal shepherd, do not desert your flock, but through the blessed Apostles watch over it and protect it always, so that it may be governed by those you have appointed shepherds to lead in the name of your Son. The Apostles' Mission, 858. The Church is the Father's emissary. From the beginning of his ministry, he called to him those whom he desired, and he appointed twelve, whom also he named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out to preach. From then on, they would be his emissaries, Greek apostoloi. In them, Christ continues his own mission. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. The Apostle's mission is the continuation of his mission. Jesus said to the twelve, He who receives you receives me. 859. Jesus invites them to the mission he received from the Father, as the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but receives everything from the Father who sent him. So those whom Jesus sends can do nothing apart from him, from whom they received both the mandate for their mission and the power to carry it out. Christ's apostles knew that they were called by God as ministers of a new covenant, servants of God, ambassadors for Christ, servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of God. 860. In the the office of the apostles, there is one aspect that cannot be transmitted to be chosen, to be the chosen witnesses of the Lord's resurrection, and so the foundation stones of the church. But their office also has a permanent aspect. Christ promised to return, to remain with them always. The divine mission entrusted by Jesus to them will continue to the end of time, since the gospel they handed on is the lasting source of all life for the church. Therefore the apostles took care to appoint successors, the bishops, successors of the apostles. 861. In order that their mission entrusted to them might be continued after their death, the apostles consigned by will and testament, as it were, to their immediate collaborators the duty of completing and consolidating the work they had begun, urging them to tend the whole flock in which the Holy Spirit had appointed them to shepherd the church of God. They accordingly designated such men and made them the ruling that likewise, on their own death, other proven men should take over the ministry. 862. Just 
as in the office which the Lord confided to Peter alone as first of the apostles, destined to be transmitted to his successors, is a permanent one, so also endures the office which the apostles received of shepherding the church, a charge destined to be exercised without interruption by the sacred order of bishops. Hence the church teaches that the bishops have, by divine institution, taken the place of the apostles as pastors of the church in such wise that whoever listens to them is listening to Christ, and whoever despises them despises Christ and him who sent Christ. The Apostolate, 863. The whole church is apostolic, in that she remains, through the successes of Peter's and the other of St. Peter and the other apostles, in communion of faith and life with her origin, and in that she is sent out into the whole world. All members of the church share in this mission through various though in various ways. The church the Christian vocation is, of its nature, a vocation to the apostolate as well. Indeed, we call an apostolate every activity of the mystical body that aims to spread the kingdom of Christ over all the earth. 864. Christ sent by the Father is the source of the church's whole apostolate. Thus, the fruitfulness of apostolate for ordained ministers, as well as for lay people, clearly depends on their vital union with Christ. In keeping with their vocations, the demands of the times and the various gifts of the Holy Spirit, the apostolate assumes the most varied forms. But charity, drawn from the Eucharist above all, is always, as it were, the soul of the whole apostolate. 865. The Church is ultimately one, holy, Catholic and apostolic in her deepest and ultimate identity because it is in her that the Kingdom of Heaven, the reign of God, already exists and will be fulfilled at the end of time. The Kingdom has come in the person of Christ and grows mysteriously in the hearts of those incorporated into him until its full eschatological manifestation. Then all those he had redeemed and made holy and blameless before him in love were gathered together as the one people of God, the bride of the Lamb, the holy city of Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of, the, of God. For the wall of that city had twelve foundations and on them the, tw the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Okay, here we're dealing with the this um, this trait of the church, this mark of the church, the apostolic nature of the church. The church is founded on the apostles. Again, the word apostle means sent. It's just uh, envoy, the one who's been sent, emissary, somebody who has been sent. This is what an apostle is in its first meaning. And Jesus sends the apostles to announce what they have seen. The apostles are witnesses to the resurrection witnesses to everything he said and he did from the moment of the baptism of John up until the ascension, up until the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. This is what the apostle is a witness to. So he's somebody who's sent out as a witness. And I suppose the thing we need to say is that first of all, Jesus chose the apostles. He chose them very clearly. He spent a long time in preparation. It says he spent all night preparing before he elected them, before he chose them before he called them and so this uh, call by Jesus is something very deliberate 
that he could have founded his church in a different way. He could have founded the church to be only on the Bible. Sure, he could have done that. He could have founded the church, I don't know, to, re- to have written a constitution or something else to found the church on. But he didn't. He chose these men, these men who oftentimes were very weak, who oftentimes had made mistakes. But he chose these men to be apostles and he sent them out. And that this is something for each one of us. Each one of us is called to uh, join to this apostolic church. And since each one of us is apostolic, okay, not everybody is called to be a bishop. And again, the bishops are the successors of the apostles. The apostles, in a sense, are unique. The twelve apostles are the twelve apostles. And they were sent out to found the church in the different countries. But as they died, they appointed successors. Successors who became the bishops. And these bishops are the successors of the apostles. And again, there were 12 apostles, but obviously the number of bishops multiply as the church becomes bigger. Because each apostle would have founded more than one church. And so his, he would have had an, a successor in one place and in another place. And so as the church was growing, as the church was evangelizing, as different areas being added to the church, new dioceses had to be made. And if you get new dioceses, you need more bishops. So this is the nature of the church, to have these bishops who are governing the church. And again, could we find some better way to do it? Probably. Probably we could find some better way to do it. But then the church would no longer belong to Christ. And also, our better way of doing it would usually turn out to be much worse. That we can conceivably come up with something better. We can conceivably, unfortunately, criticize our bishops and say, well, I think I do a better job of it. Or he's making a mess of this or he's making a mess of that. But unfortunately, anybody that's tried to do a different type of Christianity without bishops has ended up in a bigger mess, has ended up with more problems. And this is why we're called to this church that is apostolic and that this church that is apostolic also sends each one of us, maybe not as bishops, but each one of us is called to an apostolate to be sent out as witnesses to the goodness of God, as witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as witnesses to the great things he has done, as witnesses to the forgiveness of sins. This is what it means to be apostolic. And so now we'll just finish up with the in brief section. 866. The church is one. She acknowledges one Lord, confesses one faith, is born of one baptism, forms only one body, is given life by the one spirit for the sake of one hope, at whose fulfillment all divisions will be overcome. 867. The church is holy. The most holy God is her author. Christ, her bridegroom, gave himself up to make her holy. The spirit of holiness gives her life. Since she still includes sinners, she is the sinless one made up of sinners. Her holiness shines in the saints. In Mary, she is already all holy. 868. The church is Catholic. She proclaims the fullness of the faith. She bears in herself the and administers the totality of the means of salvation. She is sent out to all peoples. She speaks to all men. She encompasses all times. She is missionary of her very nature. 869. The church is apostolic. She is built on the lasting foundation. The twelve apostles of the Lamb. She is indestructible. She is upheld infallibly in the truth. Christ governs her through Peter and the other apostles who were present in their successors, the Pope and the College of Bishops. 870. 
the sole Church of Christ, which in the creed we profess to be one, holy, Catholic and apostolic, subsists in the Catholic Church, which is governed by the successor of Peter and by the bishops in communion with him. Nevertheless, many elements of sanctification and of truth are found outside its visible confines. Very well, and so tomorrow we'll continue, and tomorrow we'll have numbers 871 to 896. God bless.